covered uh, lack of transparency affordability lack of doctors in rural areas uh, lack of technology uh, no data driven solutions i mean you name it uh, all those challenges have, have are there in healthcare whatever you can think is is been solved in from logistics to fmcg all the solutions that exist in all the other sectors they are the, the all these solutions are still plaguing the healthcare sector even when having a digital record it's such a it seems such a minuscule thing in today's scenario but to to name a few you know and like we are young people we are entrepreneurs but we ourselves won't have our digital records in place that with the click of a button i can tell my whole history from the day being born to to being 30 years old that yes this is my uh, this is has been my healthcare journey so far Hello everyone and welcome to the 13th episode of Startup Garage. I'm your host Vaibhav Gogia and today I have with me Sarthak Bakshi, a serial entrepreneur and an angel investor. Sarthak is the founder and CEO at IFC, the International Fertility Centre, which is a network of more than 10 IVF clinics in India. He's a Forbes 30 under 30 awardee, a mentor with Founder Institute and also an angel investor in startups. So welcome to the show, Sartha. Glad to have you over. Thank you. Thank you, Vaiba. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure speaking to you. Great, Sartha. So you started off as a tech entrepreneur a couple of times before IFC. And then you finally decided to, to go towards healthcare. So can you tell us some more about your journey throughout these years and uh, the initial few startups and then IFC? Uh, very sure. Uh, so my background was computer engineering, so tech was the correct choice to start with. But uh, if you have no one to guide you in business or how to be an entrepreneur, so you're bound to make a lot of mistakes, which I did myself. And uh, that's why the couple of few startups that I started before IFC uh, gave me all my learning experience and uh, shaped my entrepreneurial journey onwards. Uh, I, I I failed at it. I would not say I failed miserably because there's always a lot to learn from your failures. Uh, but I, uh, frankly speaking, right now, I would tell all the future entrepreneurs is to learn from other entrepreneurs' mistakes rather than making your own. Uh, because it's not only yeah. the money that you lose, it's time, sweat, energy, motivation, a lot of other factors that go in while building your own startup. So uh, what I learned through my own journey was very valuable and only then. My uh, my parents have been doctors, so healthcare was, has been a very preferable background for me, though I did not pursue it as a career uh, to become a doctor. But uh, when I became an engineer, I started with my own gaming company. Uh, we were doing really well, but there were so many other challenges, you know, just that except... Uh, Except with giving out, getting out products, you know, there are so many other factors that govern you while you are doing something. And that's where all the challenges came up. And we were, I mean, uh, frankly speaking, it was our mistake that we could not handle all the other pressure, the co-founders, conflicts, and so many other things that go into shaping the startup. Uh, so that was a huge journey. So what I learned from one of, from my first startup and then my second startup was precising that, jotting it down on a notebook and understanding what. Why is that it's required? You know, is, is a stable team the most important thing? Is funding the most important thing? Is execution the, uh, the prime most concern? So when, when you, you know, sit down, take a step back and try to analyze what could have been done, uh, 
that is where the idea of an idea center came in uh, starting with my mother as a co-founder so it sounded very cliche you know because she had wow. been a practicing gynecologist for uh, okay. more than 25 years more than almost 30 years uh, bringing her on to board you know that yes um, you have the skill set is i learned from it i know how to build a brand around it and mm-hmm. and that's where the journey started but that journey started almost 3 years back when i started my first tech entrepreneurship uh, startup that and learning from their mistakes that how what not to do and when you have uh, a stable co-founder even though you don't see eye to eye you will you know that when you end up at home you can jot down all your you can figure out all the differences and move ahead with it that's where ifc started and um, that's how we started our first ivs center and now uh, by god's grace we have grown to uh, multiple centers in multiple cities even abroad uh, in other countries like nepal we have conducted camps in afghanistan iraq uh, nigeria zambia kenya you name it we've been across uh, middle east africa asia in wow. conducting seeing infertility all across the world that's amazing sarthak and uh, like you talked about uh, various learnings that you had from previous companies that you were founded and then mm-hmm. eventually you were i mean you were mature enough to sort of understand that there were some mistakes that you that you committed uh, you noted down the learnings and you made sure that the next startup you do not make those mistakes uh, so uh, just one quick question that comes to my mind i mean there's this constant uh, battle between uh, deciding like taking a logical and rational approach to understanding that a mistake has been committed and it is probably time to shut down this venture and the other side of your mind must be like you should that you should go on and you should probably uh, not shut it down you should probably uh, make make uh, it work somehow so how did how did you decide on taking that step to shut it down uh, take a step back understand the learnings and then start again you know it's a very common saying that fail fast fail quickly i mean rise fast fail fast and fail quickly in the sense that uh, don't ponder on your mistakes because it's very difficult to uh, turn around uh, something that is going down uh, it takes a lot of energy and you you know it's it's like a, a quick it's like quicksand you know the more harder you try the the more you fail if the fundamentals haven't been strong if you have a mistake on your root cause uh, you know money is not the solution whereas a lot of people tell me oh if i get money then i'll be able to turn <laughs> this around you know yeah. money keeps on sucking more money you know and it's like uh in in early days you know if you talk about flipkart or any other thing to process an order they were charging more money rather than they were getting from the order you know for every yeah. one rupee that they earn they used to need to spend 3 rupees but yeah. flipkart was successful only because that was the only company which had i mean billions of dollars backing it so they were successful in uh, doing it but uh, when you're talking about other startups who can't raise billions of dollars so that ideology won't work that yes uh, we are going we have we need only growth capital we need only to scale it so when it was my turn to understand that yes you should i keep on going at it should i start with a smaller team should i should uh, should i uh, you know keep at it and uh, start trying to keep things turning around it is fairly understandable that probably it's time to move on 
understand because uh, either we hadn't done something right from the beginning, you know, probably, or we had done something right, but the process to do it, the way to do it, the scale to do it, the idea to develop a product quickly, you know, it wasn't only yeah. one thing that would that actually leads to your right. failure. There are multiple factors, you know. You can't just say that yes, I did not market the product really well, so that failed. You know, if the product was good enough, uh, you don't need to market it that well. Or if the product is bad enough, but even if you do great marketing and you do great sales for first five days, and after the, when the feedback starts coming in for the product, no, there are cliche, there are chinks in the product, the product is not good. No matter how good you are at marketing, the product will fail. So that's what I'm trying to tell to each entrepreneur that just don't think that there's only one area that governs your startup. You know, not only finance will be able to help you out, not marketing, not sales, not the product it has to you need to be good at everything and everything needs to fit perfectly within the whole system for the whole startup to succeed so that's yeah. where i realized that you know and that's where i in all my talks i tell you know mm -hmm. fail fast fail quickly you know there is a, there is no point in lingering on because you are making multiple mistakes even right. if you rectify one or two of them that won't help you succeed take a step back like I did, really analyze that what needed to be done. Only by getting finance, if you don't have the right team, no matter how much money you have in the world, you will act eventually burn out. I've raised, right. I've seen startups raise millions of dollars, $3 million, $5 million, $10 million. And after two years or three years, they're nowhere to be seen. You know, it's just that they were trying to pivot. They're trying to figure out the model or oh, this did not work because they had the money to try new things they did. But eventually, they did not succeed. I have right. I, they, there are loads of startups. If you just Google all this stuff, you'll see how many startups have raised ten million dollars, which is a huge amount of money, and have and are not to be seen after two years or three years of their story. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I mean also uh, since you talked about uh, being good at so many different things, and I mean obviously every startup has various different facets that co-founders probably need to handle and uh, since you have your mother as one of the co-founders and she's a, mm. uh, she's a veteran uh, gynecologist and you're doing something in healthcare in IVF particularly uh, so I'm assuming that she's she knows the technicalities of the product and the service that you're delivering and you are probably handling different parts of business uh, so my yes, question so yeah yeah contrary to that that's what I said you know contrary to that I myself enrolled into multiple courses just to, you know, because it can't be an FL scenario that, you know, oh, technical yep. is your part. I don't need to know anything about it. No, I went for embryology trainings in 2013 to understand. I started talking to pharma people. Why do they use this? I needed to get myself into the clinical aspect completely before uh, we can, uh, you know, before we would take, uh, before we start scaling the product, although we opened our first IVF center and I started training myself simultaneously while I was while we were doing operations, but it was necessary for me to have the clinical know-how, to have everything that's there regarding the technical aspect. You cannot scale anything if you are not aware about the full product. Okay, okay. And uh, you're talking about your journey with IFC. Uh, I mean, you started off and you said that I, I've, I've been reading about IFC. And uh, so you said that there were a lot of processes, particularly in IVF. So IVF had a really low success rate. And I think that is where IFC differentiates itself. Uh, 
so how did you how did you sort of figure out how ifc is going to differentiate and how did you figure out the whole uh, ivf process uh, the loopholes in the process and how your competitors are operating and how differently you are going to operate so uh, ivf is a very traditional healthcare model you know it's it's a doctor centric model built by uh, you know back in the day it's the same thing as uh, you go to a doctor get yourself treated you come back you know there was no rocket science into it there is no transparency right. into it um, even in this day you know if you have uh, you get a skin disease or something you'll go to a dermatologist he'll prescribe you some medicines you'll google something that and you'll come back i mean that's the whole thing so there has been no innovation there is no innovation in this there is no innovation in the healthcare delivery mechanism there is no transparency in the knowledge of why a patient could have gotten this so what is the root cause is this something that was happening since uh, probably 10 years and it manifested right now into that skin disease you know so uh, healthcare is a very i would say a very uh, tricky uh, non transparent and uh, a huge knowledge driven uh, sector where you require a lot of things to work for a successful startup to take place in that um, in ivf also in, in the scenario when i started doing into it so uh, you google when you googling up everywhere in the world it was like it's a 30 to 40% success rate and you require these many medi- medicine it's a 15 day procedure and people go through it people are not able to understand how does infertility happen or why they could not get a child even when uh, both the mothers and fathers don't have don't smoke don't drink uh, live in a perfectly clean healthy environment uh, are completely uh, you know away from any harmful chemicals pesticides right uh, that's what i said it's still the same question nobody is still aware because infertility is a lifestyle disease uh, there is no pinpoint or right question on why i or we as a couple could not uh, are not able to conceive a child so uh, going on to that there were so many things that i could answer with from a technical standpoint or make may make things more transparent during the whole uh, 15 day this uh, treatment cycle uh, could give better results by you know uh, get, getting patients in the door handling them counseling them being with them from a 24/7 call center perspective uh for their all their queries during the 15 cycle i could implement so many new small small innovation that impacted our business and made it grow probably five folds and folds and that's what helped us to grow so there is just a few examples that i'm trying to tell you that uh, when you have anything that is not transparent or not driven by data or not driven by uh, any uh, just by the one one brand you know doctor centric brand that is this doctor is famous that is over there so there are so many opportunities over there and this these opportunities are still there in the healthcare sector uh, when when you're trying to solve anything not only for ivf could be for any other specialty cardio neuro ortho there are so many things that can be done there so i found that if i get if anyone any any new person wants to start something in healthcare there are loads of opportunities but there are challenges also while you're starting that right 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 no absolutely and uh, i mean you have faced faced a lot of challenges you must have faced a lot of challenges in uh, scaling up uh, ifc i mean you open centers all across india and now you have gone abroad as well to locations like iraq nigeria uh, so 
I mean, building that sort of trust uh, uh, within within communities that are outside the country, and then getting patients because. I believe that the whole environment is pretty different when you move out of the country with with a product. Uh, so, what are, what were the challenges that you particularly faced in scaling this solution? Because, like you said, this is a very personal uh, and and a very very knowledge driven or doctor driven uh, traditional model of healthcare. And when uh, we talk about taking this to to scale. Uh, what kind of challenges do did you face, and how did you sort of uh, overcome them? Uh, Apart from the regulatory and, uh, and legal compliance, which should always be there since you're going to a different geography and uh, mm-hmm. trying to do different things. I mean, that is a must. Uh, you need to understand the local mindset. Uh, you know, IVF is not the same in India as it is in Nepal or in any other country. And uh, I mean, that is my two cents to anyone who's listening that uh, it's you can't do the same methodology or you can't implement the same strategy in one country and, and it is never replicable. It will never be replicable in the other country. The other country has a whole different set of economics. Uh, their mindset is completely different there thought process and their notion to your product will not be the same as it is in there. And I can give you a lot of examples. Basically an FMCG product, McDonald's is a worldwide brand. But when they launched in India, they, they did not launch with their cheeseburgers and the chicken burgers. They had a McAloo tikki burger. They had a veg pizza McPuff. They had yeah. their softies yeah. for seven rupees in the beginning. So, Starbucks, when it's Starbucks, because uh, so it's a, just a McDonald's is a 20-year-old strategy. Let me go to a recent six, five or six-year-old Starbucks when it launched. They did not launch with their original Ethiopian coffees and yeah. their Aztec coffees and all of that. They came out with their chai lattes, their masala chais in India. They came out with a very Indian-centric menu. And right. just to right. say this example, when I also ventured into IVF, the cost is completely different. The thought process, the counseling uh, the the acceptance of the patients towards the success rate, uh, the way they handle uh, the 15-day procedure, everything was different. So, uh, biggest thing to understand when you're trying to go to a new market is the people, is how your target audience is going to accept. And unless you understand your target audience and you can't mold your product around it, there's no point in expanding abroad or out to a new geography so whenever anyone is trying to go through their product think about the people put them empathize with them try to see the product from their point of view and only then your product will be a hit in their market product service name whatever they're in right 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 and uh, uh Sadak, talking about challenges but you you talked about the healthcare sector having a lot of challenges and issues particularly in india wherein we have uh, transparency issues, we have trust issues, and uh, there are a lot of initiatives that even our government is trying to come up with. Uh, health, the digital health stack for the whole country is, is one such issue where they're trying to create a shared digital infrastructure, which is interoperable. Uh, and which which actually enables creation of diverse sort of solutions in healthcare. So how do you see uh, challenges in healthcare in India? Uh, do you see them as opportunities? Do you, do you think it's a long shot? Do you think 
healthcare is is revolutionizing today or it's going to happen tomorrow what are your views on that there are huge challenges as i mentioned the broad uh, lack of transparency affordability lack of doctors in rural areas uh, lack of technology uh, no data driven solutions i mean you name it uh, the, all those challenges have, have are there in healthcare whatever you can think is is been solved in from logistics to fmcg all the solutions that exist in all the other sectors they are the, the all these solutions are still plaguing the healthcare sector even when having a digital record it's such a it seems such a minuscule thing in today's scenario but you do to name a few you know and like we are young people we are entrepreneurs but we will, ourselves won't have our digital records in place that with the click of a button i can tell my whole history from the day being born to to being 30 years old that yes this is my uh, this is my, has been my healthcare journey so far so even such small things are missing these days and uh, it's not that a uh, lot people haven't tried to work at it or they haven't been um, any investment or startups in the same scenario they have been there um, but uh, what challenges is that that healthcare becomes tricky because it's not only the patient and the doctor over here you know there is uh, this data the doctor himself does not put the data the patient wants that the data should be there and uh, uh, in a in a sense that with so many apps out there which tell the consumer to put the data up, that is not the right solution if the consumer needed to work at it there would not be all the other uh, consumer friendly solutions so that's where where one of the thought processes towards uh, building a digital health scenario get goes to waste uh thinking about from the other sector that you know the would the doctor start putting the health data up that is also not the right uh, thought process because uh, doctors have never been meant to do that through their throughout the medical education from the first year they going to mbbs they get a pen and a prescription they they get a paper they need to just scribble it around and you see the amount of workload in government hospitals where most of the data would be gener- generated is that they won't be uh, they don't have the time at all and telling them to start doing e prescriptions and going to that unless it becomes a curriculum you know as an engineer we were started we had to give presentation everything was done on computers our assessments was there everything was done there uh, doctors the medical education does not train them that way that uh, they have to leave the pen and the paper and everything would be governed by a computer or, mm-hmm. um, or through through the computer so that is one of the lack of barriers from doctor's perspective now comes a third party in between which which says or a solution which tells that i will bridge this gap but they never bridge the gap from both the perspectives they are always asking either the doctor or the consumer to fill in their data and when and if they try to fill in the data there's always a gap from a knowledge perspective that did we miss this did we miss that we don't have it's very uh, unassimilated you know it's a fragmented data the lab tests are done from some other place the clinical advice is from the doctor the patient whatever his treatment his notes are there from the other so getting all those to a platform in a in a very crude and rudimentary way haven't been successful by anyone you know that digital health mission also if you talk about um, i adore the government and i respect that their decision to do this but it becomes extremely challenging because it's not done at one it's not symmetrical it's not um, at one place at the right time at you know, together uh, it's so fragmented uh, how do you scale to such a population and how do you give 
a unified data when it is being transferred to when it's being done through so, so many other uh, scenarios right 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 and so, so the challenges as as i saying that it's not only about uh, to keep your target audience in mind uh, i have seen a few of healthcare startups and i always see them challenging is is they look at it from a perspective that you know we created this for the consumer when they created something from the consumer they forgot that the consumer is only the end user the data needs to flow either from the doctor or the healthcare practitioner and it never picked up when you create something for a doctor they always forget that yes do the doctor really need it you most of the startups create doctor centric uh, or healthcare professional centric solutions but do they actually go and speak to 10000 doctors or even 20 doctors that i will be coming out with this solution would you be actually putting some of your team members into it telling it uh, some technician or do you require those skilled personnel also from my side there a solution is not only a tech stack but it is i give you fully employed people to fill that tech stack and keep on doing it unless you have someone from your team trained right right there are very small small challenges i have seen that that plagues the healthcare industry from getting you know a, a product scalable uh, in front of you you could see that the food industry has grown so much the logistics industry has grown so much the e-commerce and everything they have scaled to billions of dollars there have been exits there have been something but there would be no healthcare startup in those uh even in that 500 million unicorn status is too far away in that even in that 500 million valuation space you won't find any healthcare startup scaling up doing that in india it's still uh, still um, uh, still far flung away whereas abroad because they have um, they have been using systems and processes and tech stacks to put all all information for patients you would see a lot of uh, scalability over there everything is done uh, when when you have the records they can even right. see a someone getting an operation done 10 years ago somewhere and coming in right now over there uh, it's up to the patient if the patient remembers that they had certain problems 5 years ago and if they tell it to the doctor it's fine if they don't they go with the right. diagnosis on the current scenario and go ahead with it right. so right. data yeah, is quite I challenging mean, in health it's, it's a very dynamic uh, sector that is what i understand uh, from what you are saying and it it mm. definitely requires specialized people who have been doing this business and probably that's the reason you have you have also started investing in a lot of startups so uh, talking about that what is your thesis for investments do you only invest in healthcare startups that align with ifc in some way or are you open to different sectors no uh, i would never say that it has to be aligned with ifc yes i started first with healthcare because i saw that uh, it's not only about money that you help someone it's about yeah. the strategic importance that you get into uh, healthcare preferably a lot of people needed a sample size data size needed to get into hospitals to run their product or service needed right. to get in touch with uh, uh, strategic players so that where can they get the patient data or how can they speak to 20 other doctors so i was very helpful in that scenario to uh, help all of my startups in that way but as far as i said uh, i have now it's not only about healthcare where i invest i invest into other sectors fmcg fintech uh, logistics wherever the opportunity is right but you do realize that uh, when you're looking into startups it's the pain point uh, that they are trying to serve and is the solution only tech or the solution uh, a both of physical and tech what through my analysis what i 
have understood you know, by all my investments is that few of the problems that people bring out is just for just without the market validation is just without people actually going in through it or it's an e-commerce thing only that they are they were selling offline that they're online that's not that does not do the startup for it you know there has to be a pain point that you're trying to get if you're trying to burn money if you're not burning money and if you don't need money to burn and if you can scale profitably then well and good you only need growth capital those are one of the good investments but when you're talking about burning money because you require people to check your startup out you require money to get people to your website or your people to get to download your app and then try it but you require then it actually needs to be a pain point it just cannot be for a convenience you know i will just charge simply for this convenience and people will pay for it because people don't india is a very price sensitive in the market they won't you know i a, a, a very good example is book my show people can and pay a convenience to the theater or book into it people why buy, buy tickets online to make my trip and uh, clear clear my trip is my trip any any travel aggregator for booking online because they're they're saving them from the physical hassle of going to right. their finding out the rates and they're simply reserving a table and all of that they they you're saving the people from calling it up asking if the table is available now so the convenience factor if if there is actually required you can definitely charge for it but there are a lot of people that yes i will help the people i will help my target audience to do this 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 but if you are charging if you want to charge for that and uh, people will actually find out that no if it it's if it's pinching their pocket which eventually does to all indian customers sooner or later so that as a convenience is really great or you're bundling those convenience with multiple other things that they will actually take your product so Uh, a lot of startups that i have seen has have this concept mixed up that even if you are offering if you are offering a solution as a convenience or as a benefited factor it actually needs to be for a price sensitive product or it actually there is no one out there and you're doing something really good and miraculous but that does not happen uh, it's a very rare phenomenon so most of the startups eventually fall into that trap of uh having a notion that people would be or bound are bound to take this service because they're offering so many things but when it when you ask someone to pay 100 rupees for that service uh 99 people would say no to it right 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 that's 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 really insightful and uh, also sadhak i think uh, the number one thing with with a lot of health tech startups these days is like you said it's with adoption and the way they approach the market which is a business model issue rather than a product issue and uh, they they i mean they don't understand that there are more than uh, one stakeholders involved probably not just doctors and not just consumers but the whole lot of stakeholders involved in the transaction that they are that they want to complete uh, this is really insightful sarthak uh, so uh in the interest of time we're going to close this session over here uh thank you so much for taking out the time today and uh letting us know your views on uh starting ifc and now uh moving towards investments and scaling ifc to different countries to broad and uh, the overall healthcare sector thank you sarthak thank you thank you vibhav it's been a pleasure